0: Daydreaming about the way you're feeling Oh honey, I wish it were true Just thinking of the way it would feel To be needed by you But if you want
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living in the Limelight. I'm your host, Jay Huller. As a quick reminder, please follow us on Instagram at Living in the Limelight Show and check out our website at livinginthelimelight.com. And of course, you can find our podcasts at almost all of the major streaming services. Every week, we feature another conversation with a stage performer where we delve into what makes them tick and hopefully get a little glimpse into some of the behind the scenes action. Ella Greenbaum, artistically known as Ella Kate, is an alternative pop singer-songwriter born, raised, and based in Atlanta, Georgia. Growing up with musical parents and a knack for creating and performing, Ella Kate found a passion for music that went beyond forcing her brothers to listen to her melodies as a child. She has written hundreds of songs since her childhood, exploring topics that coincide with the journey of growing up and finding love filling piles of notebooks in her room with song lyrics. Elocate songs recount stories and experiences that may not have happened to her, but are inspired by events that have impacted her. Her voice has been compared to a young Amy Winehouse showing her vocal prowess, honest and sensual, with a hint of innocence. Her sultry vocals mixed with her haunting, bold, and romantic sound is reminiscent of artists like Billie Eilish and Lana Del Rey. She has plans to release music throughout 2023 and perform live shows in addition to casual appearances. Ella Kate is a breath of fresh air in the musical climate, writing exactly what we're all thinking and spinning it in a mature yet cheeky way. So let's welcome Ella Kate to the show. Hello. Ella Kate, how are you? Hi. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Welcome to Living in the Limelight. I am. Um, I hear you're in Nashville. Um, I just want to jump right on that first before anything else and tell me, how is recording going?
2: It's going great. I'm having a lot of fun and working on, we're getting a lot done. That's so amazing. I'm here, for, I'm here for five days and we're recording four of those days.
1: Excellent. Yeah, for the um maybe the younger artists, although you, you're uh, young yourself, but um for the kids who are just like coming up and maybe know nothing about that, and who are using their home equipment to uh, just put together songs and SoundCloud and whatnot, kind of walk us through. Um, I'd love to know this myself. I've never actually been into a music recording studio. What what is it like? Is it an inspiring environment? Is it intimidating? Is it artistic? Um, do you have a go to place that you like to use? Some people you always work with? What's just kind of paint the picture of what the recording process is like in a studio?
2: Um, for, I personally don't find it intimidating. I can see how it would be intimidating to some people. But I think, like, if you're there for a few hours and stuff, you may feel kind of nervous or uncomfortable okay. the first hour, but it, it'll wear off, and whoever you're recording with they will kind of warm up to each other. I'm recording with um, a producer, and his name is Alex Devore, and he's he's really awesome. And yeah, the studio we're at a studio right now that you kind of you've rented out for the day, and it's connected to the hotel we're staying in, which is very cool. Uh-huh. I think that's pretty. Useful. I've I've recorded in different places, but this one is the most often one I've used, and. It's cool. It has these random like old things in it. Like there's this old shoe mold and this <laughs> random like old door knob attached to a place with no door. So that's pretty that's pretty interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, are there um uh old musical instruments in there and just things that are laying around that you might want to pick up and go, Hey, I've never played the mandolin before or you know, whatever the case may be, or is it kind of a s more of a sterile environment? and uh, you go in and into your thing and kind of, like you said, go to the hotel or go over somewhere else and, and get the the juices flowing about your creativity again? Or how do you find this place?
2: So I'm having a little bit of trouble hearing
1: you. Okay, let me turn me up just a little bit and see if that helps. I try not to overwhelm the listeners with my voice because you're the the voice that's important. Can you hear me better? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, that's
1: better. Okay, sorry about that. I was trying to just imagine as you describe the the doorknob and whatnot. As I'm trying to put this place in in my head and for everyone else, is is this would you say like a typical um, studio recording environment that we would envision where the console is there and you're in the booth area, you're doing vocals one day maybe and then some, you know, you're mixed with some musicians in another room another time. Or how is this um, layout going and how what's your process like?
2: Yeah, it's what you would kind of imagine. There's a vocal booth that's next to the, all the like fancy equipment stuff. Um, right now, we're just using like computer stuff. Well, um, Alex plays keyboard, and he played keyboard. But the first song we worked on, he played the keyboard, but he's going to send it over to his friend who plays guitar. And then his friend will play guitar on it and send it back. Uh, and like, yeah. <laughs> and the, so the, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, it's okay. And so the guitarist, is he, he, he's not in-house. He's in another location, and he'll receive in, the file and, and add to it and send it back? Or is it sort of like different rooms of the same complex?
2: No, it's just he's somewhere else, and then he'll send it back.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's funny because I've seen um, artists who have done music videos, um, and I guess through the end of COVID and whatnot when everyone was in isolation, actual music videos and songs were recorded that way where the pieces were just put together as if the people were together. Um, I'm old school. I'm from the, you know, I'm born in the late 60s, and so my concept is like, let's get the band in there and let's just play it all at once. But, you know, thinking about your music, which is a great segue, because I wanted to ask you, um specifically about if you want me to. And, and this is also um, something you can find in high maintenance and maybe what we'll see in your upcoming single in January. But your the blend of instrumentation in your songs is so intricate and, and interesting. It's almost it's a um, collective mix of different sounds, um, kind of melodically blending with your voice and then moving away from your voice and then your voice is solo in front and the sounds are taking the, a back seat. I wanted you to maybe describe some of those, um, you mentioned the computer earlier, some of those electronic sounds and like where you go to find them, if they're generated from musicians generally, what you like to put in there, that kind of thing, because it's really unique. It's not just a straight up here. You've know, got your bass guitar and your electric guitar. and it's It's jam-packed with really fun sounds. Yeah, so
2: that is, um as far as like like um finding the sounds and stuff and putting all the production together i i'm not very good with technology it's really funny actually i'm kind of like an old lady um (laughs) but alex is really great he finds them and then we kind of like we talk about whether it feels too um i don't know i use really weird words like sometimes to me bases sound like farts Uh so if it sounds too much like a part. <laughs> I am dumb to like change that, or um, and then one thing I feel when I'm putting like or when I'm hearing people put sounds with my vocals, the whatever words that I'm saying, they have like feelings to me. Of course, and I want that to be reflected in the song.
1: So do you do you express prior to making the song? Do you say you know what? this is really what I'm singing about and this is what I'm feeling, kind of lay out the emotion behind the song so that um, your producers can say, oh, well, I think I can find a fart for that or, you know, a corresponding sound or you do you even go deeper and say, this is what I'm feeling and I feel like it should be this kind of tone um, or is it just that the conversation you, you guys have back and forth and, and and they'll say, well, let's try this and this and this and it's a, it's a hunt and peck and then, oh, that sounds good. Um, do you carry with you like when you're generating in the songwriting process and the emotion like the sounds that you that you want to be coming out
2: yeah i'm i actually it's funny yesterday when we were recording he was putting this piano sound with the track and i was like wow that's really great it sounds like he's crying and i was talking yeah. about the piano and like it, it just like felt right and usually when i come in with a song i like I have a recording of it, we play it, I explain what I want it to feel like with words, and then I'll have some inspiration songs as far as production goes and sound goes that we play and then go from there.
1: Ah, oh, fascinating. Yeah, it's it's such an amazing world, the um, the capabilities of, of of making music now. It's, there's just so many things. You don't have to have an accomplished um, as artist who can play the mandolin, just mentioning that instrument again, for whatever yeah. reason, um, they're in house and paying them per hour or whatever to come in and do it. You know, you can kind of find some samplings or find someone has put something there and then you can blend it and go and, and try it in the moment. That's the greatest thing. Like, you know, Oh, I want to grab that. Um, I, I just find that's a, that's, a, it's such a creative time. Um, which brings me back to the songwriting. I really wanted to talk to you about songwriting in general. Cause you, um, I know you're headed to college next year, so you're just, you're young, but you're also mature. The, the things that you write about are really great adult kind of messages and thoughts and feelings. And I wanted to kind of bring us back now that we're getting back to the beginning, um, to when you were growing up, um, I read in the notes that your dad had a band and you listened to them in the basement. And that was super cool. Just kind of maybe walk us through that part. Cause I think that was probably where your songwriting feelings got going. And, and then how would, how do you approach a typical song? I know they're all different, but um, where do you go? Are you, are you words first with emotions or do you, I do a piano and a guitar doing melody first, or what's your typical way to generate a song and talk about your upbringing a little too, if you don't mind
2: yeah so like you said my dad has played in bands since high school so definitely my whole life um and i would i would listen to his band practice and it was so cool to me i would, I would fall asleep all the time while they were practicing oh. and his, the person who writes like the songs for that band his name is bradley cole smith and he's a great writer and i think since I was so little it was definitely subconscious but like I would listen to the music and I think it really really influenced me and another thing as a kid my mom she would always sing to us and I, I just loved listening to her sing and I would make her sing the same songs over and over again I made her sing a song from Ariel over oh, wow. and over again um, yeah and <laughs> She was, she's always been super, super encouraging about my singing and my songwriting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just overall encouraging me to move forward. And I started writing probably around the age of like eight. And those were, I would I say writing, but I mean like 30 second snippets of random words right. and that, that I forced my family to listen to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah, well, my brothers, they were close at years, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame them. But I started really learning the songwriting when I started taking vocal lessons. I was at, like 13, um, 12, 13. And the way I write, i most of the time, I just kind of, like, whether I decide I want to write or I feel like I'm going to write, I sit down with either my ukulele or the piano and I just kind of start playing around with chords Mm -hmm. until something feels good. And I really like, I just kind of improv for a while with melodies and words, even until something like comes up or sticks. And it's funny. I actually find a lot of inspiration typically for the first lines of my song from something in the room, like a book I see or a I don't know, like an animal that ran outside or a color.
1: Huh.
2: A lot of that typically inspires the beginning of my songs.
1: And then you start strumming or you start playing and you start thinking about uh, wherever that takes you and jotting down. I, I know in the notes I read you have notebooks filled with um, just yeah. lyrics after lyrics. And um, I don't know, I'm going to take you back a little ways. I mean, if you Have you heard of the band Rush?
2: I've heard of them, yes. I haven't listen
1: to them a lot okay yeah they're an acquired taste um they were inducted in the rock and roll hall of fame um but it was it was a long road but anyway what reminds me of that is the um the drummer was the lyricist of the band very Mm -hmm. prolific prolific excuse me writer he wrote several books um in addition to the lyrics for the band and um, people always wonder and suspect like in your situation um are there notebooks laying around because he passed away a couple years ago um, tragically through cancer and, um, left all this great music with intricate lyrics. But we have to wonder, is there more, was there more to, to be said that never got put into music? And so how would, how do you handle that with your archives of things? Do you go back and go, "Hmm, I remember that thought, where is that? Is that in binder four? Is that in six? Are they just kind of shelved and you're, you're working with fresh stuff constantly now, or is it a, is it a mix? Because um, it sounds like from the notes that I have here that you, uh, since you've been writing for so long, you've got a lot that you could uh, kind of wrangle into music.
2: Yeah, and I'm, I'm so bad at keeping my things organized. <laughs> I, I cleaned out my room recently, actually, and I kept finding like random sheets of paper. And I'm like, wow, that's a song. Like that came, I wrote that. When did I write that? Um, so that's kind of fun. It's like a treasure hunt. <laughs> but I, I I, do have certain songs that kind of stick out to me. Like a song that I'm recording right now, it's, I wrote it like two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I do keep certain ones around. But I think, I think all artists kind of feel this way, or at least a lot of artists feel this way. But the most recent stuff is like your favorite. And then you kind of move past old stuff or... I don't
1: know at least i do you know no it makes total sense and, and and when and when we think about artists in the generic sense and the stereotypical sense it's usually you're constantly thinking and you're constantly producing and that's your gift and your gift is not necessarily in the organization it's in, not in the technical <laughs> aspects it's not knowing the names of all the buttons on the console in the room because <laughs> you know you're you're in for the feels and i, I totally <laughs> get that um, I think that's why I was probably never an accomplished singer or musician. I played drums for a while, but I'm more on the other side. I'm very organized, and, and you know, it seems like one or the other. So, I have a quick tip for you. <laughs> um, I have to ask you this: as a as a typical teenager, are you pretty attached to your phone? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, one thing you could do to just preserve you. And and the world um, potential to hear what you've got to say is um, just take your camera out and scan all of those pages, and they'll all be at least in one place. They'll all be on your phone. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really, yeah. Yeah, that's my my wife taught me that. She's like, look, you can scan with your your iPhone and you can keep documents. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Oh no worries. Um. So, friends family are you like like rock star walking around school and your your friends are like what's next what's next i can't wait to hear and they're in the front row at your shows i mean do you have a really good core um support group
2: i my friends and family are super supportive but i i'm actually my circle's pretty small i'm not the most like naturally outgoing not like i'm always open to meeting new people and i love meeting people i just i tend to have a bit of a smaller like inner circle Mm -hmm. um and they're like it's not that many people and i tend to share like the whole process with a lot of them so like when i write the song i send to them it's starting to get produced i send to them and then it's finished getting produced i sent to them so i think they get really excited about the whole process as well because it's fun it's exciting and yeah I have they're very supportive like just encouraging and positive and I'm really really lucky in that sense
1: yeah you know it's funny you remind me a little bit um, I don't know if you know of um, Wilkes he goes by Wilkes like, like you have a stage name his real name is Jason Wilkes he's actually a neighbor of mine but um, he was on The Voice and um, is, is kind of doing his thing too in music but that's his that's his deal as he loves the spotlight when he plays and when he makes music, but naturally is a sort of, um, just quiet person and, and, and with his small group too. And so I I think that's kind of, it's nice because you, you can let everyone else be the loud and, and whatever else, but, um, you know, that allows you to be more introspective and, uh, I, I would love to get previews of your songs if I could get in that circle. <laughs> <laughs> I love to see music in its generation, like uh, just when things are evolving. And uh, I, I just think that's amazing because then you get the, the freshness um, before everything is sort of polished up and you can hear what's behind it. Um, I pulled out a quote from the notes that you had written. Um, I wrote down, failure is the best teacher. And uh, I love kind of using the artists that I speak with as um, to a way to impart wisdom on um, anyone who wants to make any sort of living in the arts or on a stage, because it is trying and there's lots of um, ups and downs um, is what I've been told. So can you speak a little bit to maybe the failures that you've had and what you've learned from them and, and why that philosophy sort of is a good one for you to hold on to?
2: Yeah. So when I say failure is the best teacher, it comes from kinda like my past self where I used to be very, very like much a perfectionist and I wanted everything to be done right, so much to the point where I was afraid to try certain things. And if you're afraid to fail, you're never going to like get anywhere. And failures I think, I don't think failure is a negative thing. I think that every opportunity presents itself in different ways. And it's easiest for me to talk about it in a sense of fencing because that's where I first learned it. So if I have a competition where I,
1: um, did we talk about fencing yet? We haven't. So thank you for bringing it up. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> 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 well, I'm a fencer um i'm an athlete i have been sensing for 10 years and i love it so.
1: well let's let's stop there and tell tell us why you love it and tell us about it because i mean i'll give you my my vision is again like i was telling you what i think music recording studio looks like i you've got the helmet on with the grid in the front of your face so you don't get poked in the eyes and you've got some white clothing on that's probably fairly padded you have specific stances you have to be in your other arm i think has to be behind your back um, you slide forward and backwards um and i think that there's a um, little thing at the end of the saber is it called a saber or a sword um that is makes it not lethal but uh am, what beyond that or am i wrong <laughs> And take us through, like, tell, you know, when did you get into it and what it means to you and your future with it and all that?
2: So there's there's three types of fencing. There's epee, foil, and saber. Okay. I do saber fencing where, um, so the saber is different for saber fencing. Like, they don't have the thing on the top of it. It's because uh, you can hit with, like, the whole saber. For foil and epé. you can only hit with the tip of the saber, which is why there's a the little thing on it. Mm-hmm. And none of the sabers are sharp. Like, it's not dangerous like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the main, like, difference is, is the target area. So foil, you can only hit on the chest. Epee, you can hit everywhere. And saber, you can hit anywhere from the waist up. Okay. So, okay, I do saber. And I started fencing. I really started fencing just because my older brother was doing it he did a camp and he won the tournament at the end of the camp so he started fencing and then i just i was there all the time waiting for him my younger brother too Mm -hmm. and one day we just decided we were going to join practice and we did and it stuck
1: (laughs) oh wow and so you've done competitions all along the way and you have taken many 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 classes do you do any teaching with it um and sort of where where do you see that um for next year and on down the road for you uh
2: yeah i've been competing really the whole time i've been fencing and it's been such a wonderful experience not only all like the lessons i learn in competitions and like about myself and kind of about like life and processes and goals in general Mm -hmm. but like i've gotten to travel to so many places like i've gotten to go to world cups so i've been to other countries and seen other cultures and i really like trying foods from other countries Oh yes yeah i think like you could i it's really cool to be in a room with people from like over 10 different countries like that's super cool so that experience has been really unique and like i'm very fortunate to have had that
1: so um I think I saw in the notes that you're looking to go to Notre Dame next year. They have a fencing, it you'd be on the fencing team exactly or a club or are you going to scale it up or scale it down or kind of keep it mixed in? Cause I, I don't see music ever, ever going away for you and I hope um, it would blossom into something really big for you. But for, for now what I see is it, the fencing is really strong and the music is really strong and probably you have a social life and your family. So you're balancing all these things, but um, next year you're going to have some classes to take and whatnot. What do you see the balance kind of continuing? Is that what you'd like to see?
2: Yeah. So Notre Dame I'm committed to, and I'll be on their fencing team and it's, it's a big commitment. They practice a lot and they practice very hard and I'm, I'm super excited, but I'm, I, not going to stop writing and recording and releasing music. That's just as important to me. Uh, school is just as important to me as well. And I learned, I had to learn really early on how to manage the different things that I want to do and like to do through, of course, like typical kind of time management stuff, planners, and just understanding that sometimes one goal or passion of yours has to take a little bit of a backseat to another one it doesn't mean you're like not good at that anymore just if you have a lot of goals and a lot of things that you want to do sometimes you have to give it all attention and if you do it at different times I think it keeps well it keeps me from getting burnt out or frustrated so if I like focus a little bit like slightly more on music for a month and then slightly more on for a month, when I come back to the music stuff I did next month, it's like a new perspective or a new idea.
1: That, um, that outlook is I- insanely adult. And I don't know if people <laughs> in your circle tell you this, but I, my head was going back to when you just self-described as an old lady in the studio. And I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm talking to a 35-year-old woman who has been through all these things in life and learned all these lessons and now has her stuff together. And she knows she can do this and she can do this and has all these abilities. But you're you're still so young, and I can't even fathom me at that same age. I was like, oh, rock concerts and cars and girls and okay, school, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, you're so accomplished. You have some music out. You're an accomplished fencer. You've gotten into a great school. You're going to be on their their fencing team. It's it's mind boggling to me, and I applaud you for being able to do that and to be at the age you are, and know that you can balance those things and not let it um, get to you too much. Which actually, I think that could segue us into um, mental health and education. You mentioned those two things as like interests of yours. Um, where did that all come about? Do you like teaching um, music? Do you like teaching fencing? Do you like just teaching in general? What part of those things um, kind of get you going?
2: Um, well, my grandma was a teacher. Both my grandmas were a teacher, teachers. Um, <laughs> so we have, like, I guess, education in the family. Mm-hmm. And I personally i really enjoy learning and learning new things and i i want like everyone to have access to quality education and i don't think that we have that right now and i think that's kind of (laughs) lame um i think that we stifle a lot of kids like not only creativity but their like passions and confidence in school because pretty easy to like not get straight A's and just be like think you're unintelligent but there's so many different types of intelligence and so many different types of being smart that I think we're missing in education right now of like like the kid that can fix like a car is a different kind of intelligent than the kid that can um write a perfect essay but they're both super smart It's not like one is better than the other.
1: I totally get that. Um, You know, (laughs) the Department of Education could probably use you uh, at a (laughs) national level. What would you do if you were, say you were superintendent of Georgia schools uh, today? Um, Because who knows, maybe he's listening to this podcast. Um, What would you recommend or, you know, how would you, what policies would you change immediately in today's public schools to kind of um, maybe bridge that gap, because I totally agree with you. Um, the school where I work, we have that. We have a career tech department where kids can work on cars. They, of course, take their core classes, but they can get certified as an, an automotive specialist and get a job right out of school doing that very thing, um, welding, um, construction, you name it. And then you've got kids who are the academic route and going to college, but um, speak to like how you would cause you've seen it, obviously you've seen the kids who haven't been reached. Um, what would you do? Like if you were the teacher or maybe the principal or superintendent to like effectively make some change, what would you love to see?
2: I think, okay. In a perfect world, like a lot would change. And I think getting there realistically is very challenging. And I'm I want to study this some in college too. And I'm taking like government classes right now in school. So Mm -hmm. I understand that the issues are very complicated, but I think that for one, the public schooling system needs more funding and we need teach better, like I'm not that we need to pay teachers more and like value them as like really important members of society more because they have so much, like, impact and power over the direction of the children that they are teaching live. And I think the standardized testing system is not great. And I think it's really interesting that I took, like, psychology classes Mm -hmm. and we learned a lot about, like, how you think best and how you focus best and how, like, you learn best and we learn all that and then i go i'm lucky to go to a school that's a little bit different but in like public schools and stuff they're doing everything the opposite of that like they're not being fed quality good food they're being asked to sit down for what seven hours a day in and like hour-long periods i don't like humans are not meant to do that we're not meant to focus for that amount of time sitting down with no physical activity And the types of lighting, even, like fluorescent lights and the blue lights from the phone are not great. And it's just not ideal learning. And then, (laughs) sorry. No, keep going, uh, keep going. I, I find it really interesting how it's common to tell people in their job when they go work for eight hours to go home and step away. And talk with their family and get outside go for a run but we tell kids when they go to school for 7-8 hours to go home, study do homework, come back and go to school again. There's no like end.
1: Oh my goodness you have so much um, in your brain to contribute <laughs> positively to um, the world and I, I, I really had no idea, um, just reading about you and listening to your songs, and that's what I just I love about this podcast and getting to have real conversations with artists is we generally don't as a as fans don't get to see that we know we hear the songs on stage we see the music video on YouTube, um, and we don't get to hear the deep intricate thoughts and I am just overwhelmed by how prepared you are to give us and the future generations of the world um great stuff i just I, I can't even tell you how much i look forward to seeing how you where you make your mark and what you do um in the next four years of school or, or beyond um, was there a particular teacher that you could point to that um inspired you and and kind of gave you the thought of well you know that person is really helping me um, mold my my because you're right it's seven hours and uh, the kids spend a long time at school, maybe more time there than than at home in some, certain cases or in front of their adults. So was there someone who kind of got you going, and would you um, ever see yourself in, in a classroom environment teaching, like in, in a direct level like that, or do you kind of feel like you could make better change and more effective change in a bigger arena? I think
2: that if, in order, if I wanted to, of course I want to, but, like, if I were to pursue, um, like, creating bigger change, I think it would be very important for me to spend time first in the classroom with kids to really get, like, first experience on what's going on because then I'll have a better understanding of, like, what really needs addressing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, honestly, I've had so many great role models in my life. Like I mentioned my grand my grandma was a teacher, and she she's she was a different kind of teacher too. She was very hands on and I think hands on learning is important for a lot of kids like a lot more than we think mm-hmm. and my mom she's very passionate about education as well, and she has taught both me and my brothers like all our lives that um not like how we do in school does not define us how like those specific things and really made sure we knew like the value of learning rather than just getting good grades Mm -hmm. and she taught us like how to learn really um my older brother he he's at duke right now and his journey to get there was like it was unique but he he worked really really hard and i've seen a lot of people do really well in school and i've seen a lot of people not do really well in school so yeah. my uh, advisor for the past four years at my school right now which is the different kind of school uh she's she really really inspires me i can tell she has such a passion for teaching and cares about all the kids like individually and i think that's really special
1: that is great to hear. Cause, um, I know in certain schools, the advisors are sort of overwhelmed the counselors and there's so many kids. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you've got like a personal connection. Cause they're, they're making like, they're bridging that gap for you and helping you with deadlines and, and whatnot. And, and looks like to me to have, to be having real conversations with you about, you know, where you want to be and what you want to do. And, um, I love to hear that. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, let's move a little bit back into music um do you have uh certain go-to gear items like it it seems like when i talk to people they're either one camper or the other they're like oh yeah i just you know i got this i got this guitar at at a garage sale or whatever and i've been using it and when it when it breaks i'll get another one and there's others that are like more gear heads that are like I've been using Fender Strat since the day I was born and you know, whatever. And they're encamped in the things that they love. Are you particular about certain brands or certain types of things, or is it just um, whatever does a job?
2: Right now I'm definitely not super particular, but I have, I have a feeling like as I get older, I'm going to become pretty particular. My dad is super particular. And I think, I think I just need to learn more in order to become pretty particular.
1: Yeah. I think what, what happens is as you play the various instruments, um, you'll notice which, which tone suits you the best because they do, they do vary, especially in guitars. And, um, I, I that probably will happen. Cause it, you're right. It seems like, um, the younger artists out there are like, I'll play what I can get my hands on and the other older ones are like, I've been playing this one and, I just love it. I wouldn't go anywhere else. So I was just curious. I always like to ask that question because I love to hear the different, the range of answers. Um, So we have college coming up for you. We have um, music that will continue. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about it's not my fault? Uh, Maybe where the song came from originally, what we can kind of expect that's going to drop on um, January 13th is what I've got in my notes kind of, yeah, um, yeah. Paint that song for us because obviously we can't hear it yet. But uh, if you can describe it um, and tell us a little bit about it and where it came from and maybe um, what you like about it and whatever, um, that would be awesome for us to hear because then we can expect its uh, arrival on the thirteenth.
2: Yeah. So I I love this song and it's it's very different, I would say, from If You Want Me To. I mean, it's still like me, but it has it has a bit more of a rock feel and it's very straightforward so it's basically a song that I wrote after my friend who had been a friend for like a few months confessed their um, feelings to me Mm -hmm. and when I first met them I told them like we had a whole conversation about how I was not looking for anything I would not be looking for anything anywhere in the future and they're like, okay, cool, yeah, we're just friends. So when they like wrote this long, heartfelt thing about how they really like me, I was like, I mean, no, because yeah, no, and I wasn't like mean <laughs> about it then. Right. Um, so I said no, but and that's all fine. Until they were so upset, like they were so upset after that, and I was like, this is not my fault. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like. I don't know. We weren't friends after that either. It was like they couldn't get over. I don't know. I just. I, it's kind of a um, song about my annoyance. Um, I, I I was just very frustrated with the situation because, like, I established what was there, and you didn't listen. So, like, you did this to yourself.
1: No. Um, oh, yeah. You yeah. Were. Go ahead. Yeah. You were super clear about it, and it's so funny because the same thing happened to me. The very same thing happened to me, and I, you know, I'm not um, connected with that person anymore. And of course, I went on to much greener pastures, and I'm happily married and all that. But it's one of those things, like, and it's it's a great topic for a song because it's universal, and I think a lot of people face it. And I'm, I I like your approach of it because it's coming from integrity and it's coming from honesty. You, you said you declared how you wanted it to be from the beginning. And, um, it, it's a, it's a difficult line to cross because when someone crosses it with, um, with passion and they really want it to happen and then they're turned away, it's, it's a big disappointment. And however they deal with it is on them. And that brings us to the title back to you of it's not my fault because you were there the whole time with it. And, uh, I, I'm looking forward to this song. It'll it'll have a special meaning for me. That, that is great. Okay, so we're looking at elocate in ten years. What might you be doing? What would if you could have the crystal ball? Um, and I know there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of experiences. So th- this is not a guarantee on what it'll be. But if you just took yourself today and took the things away that um, you know just detracted you from your from your dreams ideally in 10 years, what would you love to be engaged in and doing?
2: 10 years. Okay. I'll be 28 in 10 years. <laughs> um, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would love to have gotten, like performed a lot, maybe even have gone on tour. I think that'd be the coolest thing ever. I would love to have created a lot more music and, like developed as an artist more, just learned more about songwriting as a craft and worked with lots of other musicians and learned from them. I would, I, I really hope that I am like in a career in music. Um,
1: Easily could happen in my humble opinion.
2: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So that's the dream. Um, Yeah. I want, I hope that I am still passionate then about like spreading education and mental health awareness. And if I have some sort of platform and voice, like using it to spread knowledge about those sorts of things and just keep sharing my stories and music. And oh, it would be so cool to do um, music videos too, or even like song long songs with like, like um, Taylor Swift did with the 10-minute version,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like short films like that. That would be crazy. That would be so cool.
1: Oh, I could easily see that within you because your, um, your spark and your passion and your and your intelligence with all this and the ability to balance. Um, it. If anyone could do it, I can only imagine you could. You remind me a lot of um, Selena. And when I say Selena, you're probably going to think of Gomez. <laughs> but I'm actually referring to Quintanilla, the Selena from... From years ago, if you don't know that story, um,
2: no, I, I know Selena.
1: Okay, yeah, it's just multifaceted, um, talented person who dabbled in several things, not just music, and but brought um, integrity and just uh, forthrightness into everything that she did. And I, I see that in you. Um, so, I'm, thank I'm, you. Really looking forward to where that is in ten years. I'll keep tabs on you. Um. Well, it has been an amazing conversation. Um, we went into a lot of different directions that I hadn't expected, and uh, that's that's the great thing about just having a, a real good talk, and I, I would love to talk to you again anytime. Um, before we go, uh, let us know exactly how you'd like people to reach you. Um, a lot of people just mentioned, oh, I've got a link tree here, and you can get all my things or everything's on my website. Um, however you would like um, to describe where people can connect with you, um, go for it.
2: Uh, so my Instagram and TikTok are both Allocate music and my website is elocate.com. I I try to respond to a lot of the DMs that people send me. So like if you want to get in contact DM me. If I don't respond, you can DM me again. Like don't be shy about double texting cuz I miss things a lot. Um, and I love I love reading comments on all my posts. Um, feedback, any kind, like anything. Um, my Spotify and Apple Music, it's elocate. I would love for anyone listening to listen to my music and yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I've talked to many people and I'll, I'm sure you'll agree that really the best way to support um, an independent artist, someone who's, you know, not um, fully touring and backed by a label and whatnot is to like the music, share the music. Um, are you doing merch? Is that something yet for you?
2: It's it's going to come. Okay. Like it's coming.
1: It's coming. I can only imagine, um, which is a random question before we close. It reminds me of merch for whatever reason. Where was the, um, the photo shot for um, If You Want Me To? It was a subway somewhere. In Marta. It was Marta. Okay. Yeah. It had a really New York feel to me for some reason, just the coloring and the way uh, that you were standing looking the blur, but um, good old Marta. That's great. <laughs> Dressed yeah. up. Yeah. I could see merch for you. And so back to my point is like, yeah, the best way to support you is through those things. Um, comments, like you said, just to kind of know, um, you know, what people are liking about the music and whatnot. Those, those are super meaningful and I've had everyone Um, say that so those of you listening to her and uh, love her music please reach out in those ways and um, it's been an absolute pleasure Um, I can't wait to see what's coming next please uh, keep me in the loop and we'll talk to you soon
2: all right thank you for having me you're
1: quite welcome all right bye-bye
2: bye you'll hear her
0: say how she loves you Want me to Maybe.